0: You're listening to the Eyes on Isles podcast with Matt O'Leary and Mitch Anderson. Hello
2: and welcome to the Eyes on Isles podcast, episode number 195. What's going on? I am Matt O'Leary with Mitch Anderson. Mitch, how's it going, buddy? I had a dad nap today, a oh. full
3: on dad nap. I was sitting on the couch. My wife was on the computer and, like, she turned around. She was talking to me. Apparently, I don't remember any of this. She was talking to me about something. I Obviously, I don't remember. And she turned around and was like, are you listening to me? And I whew, snapped out of it. Yep. Yeah, I'm here. I'm here. And she's like, no, you're not. Because I just took a picture of you. And I yelled at you just to get you up.
2: Amazing. I don't know what
3: happened today, but I was out.
2: Okay. There. So you were out cold then, clearly.
3: Hard. I don't know how long I was out for. The sun was down when I got up. It was not when I went down. So like, <laughs> like full on, I was on the couch, head down my phone's still in my hands that's why she thought i was still awake because it looked like i was looking at my phone
2: she got you red-handed
3: yeah but i am rested and rejuvenated at 10 oh one
2: love it love that for us um just a regular wednesday for me wednesday is a very busy work day so i always look forward to coming home relaxing and talking about the new york islanders which uh we're gonna get into
3: but but first, we have some breaking news, Matt. Really? We have a pubic service announcement. Oh. <laughs> uh Manscaped has engine and their engineering team has confirmed that they've successfully created the Lawnmower 4.0. Not the 3.0. They've upped it to 4. Uh the trimmer which is now available for purchase in the USA and Canada. I didn't know that they could take it up a notch. They went full Emerald Lagasse and went BAM! And it is now a four. Um, It is already an incredible product. Now that they're at the four, can't wait. Can't wait to get my hands on one. I haven't been able to get one yet, but I will. And if you want one, you can use the code FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com to get 20% off and free worldwide shipping. So that's FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com for 20% off your mower 4.0 and free worldwide shipping.
2: See, I thought life peaked at the 3.0, and then Manscaped said, oh, wait, there's more.
3: Apparently, it's got an ability to turn the, 400, sorry, the four hundred sorry, 4,000 LED spotlight on and off. So if you don't need the light, off it goes. I had no idea. The, well, sorry, the 4.0 will, will be able to do that. it now have sizes. You can have different sizes on it. I can't wait. I can't wait to try this thing out. Amazing already. And I
2: don't even have one. I am very excited as well. (laughs) So with that, let's hop into today's episode. It's going to be a heavy preview show. And the reason for that is last week, we knew the Islanders made the playoffs, but we didn't know who they were going to be playing. It is now written in stone. Their season is completed and it will be the Pittsburgh Penguins in round one, who unfortunately during the regular season, Mitch, the Islanders did not fare well against them.
3: No, they, they really didn't. Um, so a lot of people are already a little concerned going into the, the, the postseason because not only are we the four seed and they the one seed, but like you said, it's not like we played well against them over this 56-game regular season. I realized I have my glasses on. I wanted to take them off so I don't look like a big nerd. Um, but, like, I got my blue and orange glasses, by the way. Oh, there
2: you go. I'm festive.
3: Yeah. Uh, so Islanders against Penguins this regular season. Here's the the tail of the tape, if you will. Oh, We know the 2-4-2 record. Goals for 2.38. This is for the Islanders. Against 3.13. Power play, 35%. That's good. That is wild. Penalty kill, not so good at a 75%. Yeah, it needs to be higher. And then 29.5 shots for, 26.9 shots against
2: yeah the biggest thing so all year long one of the things the islanders did well is keep the puck out of the back of their net their strength obviously goalies and defense but in six of the eight games the penguins scored three goals or more that's that's not new york islanders hockey barry trotz will be the first one to say that
3: no but like we know how that that happens right like the islanders just it's well i shouldn't say the islanders it should be the penguins uh they just find a way to capitalize on whatever dumb mistake that the Islanders do. Yes. Whether it's Scott Mayfield not dumping the puck proper enough or not exiting the zone proper enough, or it's Nick Letty not finding the puck between the skates. Just one little thing like that, and it's in the back of our net. That's all it takes against the Pittsburgh Penguins for the Islanders this year.
2: Yeah, it seems that way. That's uh, It's really unbelievable how it seems like any minuscule mistake the Islanders make, like you said, it was right in the back of the net. And every time it was just a one or two little things that were the difference in the game. And we know a couple of those games, a couple of those losses did go to overtime. Like these are close games. It's not like they were getting, you know, blown out against the penguins.
3: No, they, they really weren't. And look over the season, they're the better team. They, they really are. So like, and by better, I'm using two, um, Underlying numbers to show that, and that's Corsi 4 percentage and expected goals 4 percentage at 5-on-5. Five five. The Islanders held a 50.07 Corsi 4. It's not a great number, but it's over 50, so that means the Penguins are under 50. And a 54.26 expected goals 4, again at 5-on-5. Five five. Like that—that's good. It's not great, but that means that they are the be- They're generating better quality opportunities and are expected to score more than their opponents. Yet for some reason, they lose.
2: Right. So maybe it could be a, a luck changing and coming back to the Islanders' side at that point, as it seems like they didn't have that in their favor. If the numbers are better and they were still losing games, what does that tell you? Right.
3: Right. At some at some point, the trend has to change. It's just when you look at the Islanders' weakness, it, it's offense, right? And the Pittsburgh strength, it very much is offense. Like they're the highest scoring team in the league from from day one, right? Up until now, even and it got worse really for us recently with the addition of Jeff Carter. That's right. Um, but like for for the Islanders to do well, they need to limit opportunities already against anyone. Limit opportunities and take care of their own. Right, and and, and by mean take care of their own is like score on the ones that they do create, but they don't do that often enough. That second part, they don't generate enough enough production off of their high quality opportunities and the Pittsburgh Penguins they don't need much because they're so potent offensively that you just give them one maybe two mistakes and they're going to find two goals and then just give them their their one Sidney Crosby goal already and it's a three-goal game at that point and then it's almost insurmountable for the Islanders.
2: Yeah, it seems that way at least, right?
3: Right like so the the games that they've played this year, they've played 8. The Islanders have scored more than 3 goals once once. That's and that was a 4-3 it. win on February 6th.
2: That's not enough. You're not going to be able to beat this team that way.
3: And that that inlays the problem for the Islanders and why people are a little op, you know, pessimistic. There's a few other reasons, but that that's one of them. Whereas the Islanders just aren't good offensively. We know that, we know that to be true. Um, that has been the case for 3 years now. They're not a good offensive team. Uh, so when you're playing a very good offensive team, they're going to get their opportunities and they're going to get goals. You just have to hope you can get more than they can, and that that's not really in the Islanders' DNA.
2: No, it doesn't seem that way, so they're going to have to change things up. They can't, can, that, they can't do that. If they're allowing three goals or more, like I said, in six of the eight, th- that's not a recipe for them to win. But when they hold teams to below that, that's right in their wheelhouse. They could survive on that
3: right so like the wins that they have had this year against the uh against the Pittsburgh Penguins they have a 4-3 win uh on February 6th and a 2-0 win on February 28th so like they they can they can win those games 2-0 they can win 3-1 games They, they can do that but they have to be perfect and that's a problem because the Islanders have not been perfect of late
2: no, they haven't. And like some things that come to mind are, and we talked about the penalty kill not being great against the Penguins, but the Matthew Barzal's, Scott Mayfield, and Leo Komarov, those three guys who are likely going to be in the lineup, they take penalties and they put them their team in situations where they have to go on the PK. And one, the Islanders PK hasn't been good against the Penguins all year long, but. I mean, the Penguins, they have the firepower. Like, that's why. Like, that number is not going to change, probably, if you continue to give them opportunities.
3: Right. So, like like we said before, right, the, the Pittsburgh Penguins penalty, or power play, I should say, is, is 25% effective against the Islanders, which is good. And keep in mind, that's when they weren't really good on the power play, right? Like, when we played the Penguins earlier in the season, their power play was terrible, awful, uh, it's much better now. I, I don't know exactly where it is in terms of rankings, but it is no longer like at 16, 17% it, it was back in the day.
2: No, yeah, absolutely not. So I guess that's uh, one thing going for you, I guess. that That's
3: the, well, not going against us, right? Because they're better on the power play now.
2: Yeah, that's true.
3: Um, so with that being said, look, we haven't played the Penguins in a while, right? The last game was on March 28th.
2: Yeah, that's this is a different looking team. Like I know at that point the islanders had Kyle Palmieri and Travis Zajac, but that, that's still you know a long ways away. It's a month ago, more than a month ago.
3: That's exactly right. So like I, I thought I'd look back as to how they've done both teams since their last meeting. Um, so for the Islanders, they've gone 10, seven and three with a plus six goal differential. They scored 2.4 goals for 2.1 goals against. Their power play is 17%. Penalty kill, 90.7%. Okay. That's insanely good. That's excellent. For the Penguins, they're 14 5 1 with a plus 18 goal differential. Good. Very good. (laughs) Oh my God. 3.95 goals for per game. Very good. (sighs) Excellent. Very, very bad for us, right? They're averaging almost four, four goals, goals a game. game. <laughs> not good. Uh, 3.05 goals against, 30.4% on the power play, <laughs> <laughs> and 75.6% on the penalty kill.
2: Okay, so not great on the penalty kill.
3: No, so still not good on the penalty kill, which is well, it's not good, right? Because, like, that's the one place that we're not any good either.
2: Yeah, it's not like, yeah, let's exploit their weakness because that is also an Islander's weakness, too.
3: <laughs> we can't score on the power of play and they can't stop them. Oh, boy, this is going to be a crap show.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's uh, when two immovable objects meet, what happens?
3: <laughs> oh, so boy. I thought of also combining stats for for like so top four players over that stretch to see like, okay, well, I know they're scoring a lot of goals. Who's scoring those goals. And then let's compare that to the Islanders who we know aren't scoring a lot of goals. We already know that to be fact, but let's just see the divergence here mm-hmm. in terms of top four players for the Penguins. You have Crosby at 10, 13. So that's 10 goals, 13 assists, 23 points. Jake Gensel, nine goals, 23 points. Letang, one goal, 18 points. Uh, uh, Jared McCann six goals 16 points that's as of March 29th okay so their lowest score on their top four is at 16 points and that's Jared McCann the Islanders top scorer since that last time against the Penguins Anthony Beauvillier nine goals 17 points I don't Matthew like Barzell, seven goals, seventeen points. Bailey, fifteen points. Eberle, five goals, twelve points. Okay. And and then it drops by half after
2: that. They gotta get they gotta get people heating up, man. Bad. Bad.
3: No notice how Brock Nelson was not mentioned.
2: Yeah, that's true. I mean, he did have that awful streak, but maybe he's coming around a little bit at the ends, popped in a few goals before the season came to a close.
3: So that that's when I wrote something today about uh, reasons to be optimistic. Brock Nelson and Oliver Wahlstrom being one of them, specifically because of the power play. They they are good on the power play against the Penguins. Letty as well. Um, so may, maybe that kind of gets them back in the groove of things. L- Nelson already has seven points in the last seven games going into the playoffs. Good. So that that's great. Plus he'll have, who knows? We don't know when the playoffs are actually going to start. So he could have. He's already got two days of rest going on at least another couple. So that should also help.
2: Yeah. At this point, probably it would have to assume Saturday, right?
3: Have to, I guess, but like, we'll see. (laughs) I don't know what the hell's going on. I think we're waiting on on the penguins because it seems that they are increasing their capacity for the, I want to call it the melon arena. It's the PPG paints arena. Um, the melon Arena was their old one. Um, they're increasing capacity up to 50%, I think. But I don't know if like there's some weird timing as far. Anyways, that I think that's the holdup here.
2: Gotcha. So it's a wait-and-see game for the New York Islanders. But it, I have to imagine at some point over the weekend for sure. Uh, I, I did like some of those numbers you brought up. And there were a couple things on players you didn't mention that I picked up on. So it's more career than this year, though. So Matthew Barzell in 19 career games against the penguins has 16 points so he's been fairly productive against them now i don't know if that counts the playoffs but last year i mean he was really solid for them in in the playoffs so i'm hoping that carries over like i feel like they were riding barzal Peugeot, bovillier for a a while there offense and lee in the second round i guess
3: yeah definitely um Matthew Barzell has to be a big player for the Islanders must. In, in this series. It, it is a must. Hopefully he's the anti-Crosby, right? Like Crosby's been dunking on the Islanders since he started his NHL career. How about Matthew Barzell dunks on the Penguins when he starts? That'd be nice.
2: That would be extremely beneficial because he has, he being Crosby, has a bajillion points against the Islanders. Give or take a couple bajillion.
3: At least one or two. Uh, just insane. I, I, really, I really hope he's... He, he he's not maybe steals the series i would be great if he would if he did it, i don't think he will uh just because he's gonna get so much attention um that other guys are gonna have that space to shine uh but like i, I really hope he does man because that, w- that would be incredible
2: and the other stat that i had again this is career so not just last year or with the islanders in general but this is jg Peugeot's time to shine he always always comes alive in the playoffs and in 57 career playoff games with Ottawa and the Islanders, he has 20 goals in 57 games.
3: Most of those against the Rangers, right?
2: <laughs> Seemingly, yeah. I mean, at least four of them in that one game.
3: Yeah, um, yeah, you're right. Is he's got? He, I, w- I want to say he's got to. We already know that, um, but it, it does seem like this is the kind of situation where someone like him will step up or will be able to step up. Because I, I just mentioned, like they're going, they being the Penguins are going to have, or they're going to be focused a lot on Matthew Barzell and stopping him. Brock is probably going to have a lot more shutdown uh, role, so he maybe he doesn't have the type of production. Uh, but that leaves Jean-Gabin and Peugeot as the next center, right? Okay, well you're going to be our H B K line, right? If we're going to talk about the yep. Penguins, you, all of the attention is going to Sid and Gino. Well, guess what? The Kessel, I forget the the, the, the trio. Your line is now going to shine Because you're going to have less attention towards you And you're going to get the, the quality matchups Or the lower quality matchups
2: It was Hornqvist and Benino, right?
3: There it is, Benino. I couldn't think of the center The B was eluding me
2: Yeah, that, I mean that carried them to that playoff To that Stanley Cup championship That was a great yeah. line for them
3: Exactly, so maybe this could be our line of Wallstrom, Pejo And I don't know who's going to be playing on the left Sajak, I guess?
2: I, was, I think Palmieri
3: right yeah Paul Mary there you go perfect
2: yeah which I I like the three of them together I know it's the all righty line but I like them together I think they they work well
3: so do we just whenever they're out there do we talk like Jim Carrey all righty then is that what we do I think so Yeah, I think we have to perfect tried to open my mouth real wide (laughs) and I dislocated my jaw I think (laughs) how the hell did he do that for
2: a career I don't know he's a special talent So, obviously, recently, just two years ago, the Islanders played the Penguins in the playoffs. They swept them. Does that hold any weight to you at all? I ask that almost facetiously because I know the answer here.
3: Uh, Well, it might hold some anti-weight, if you know what I mean, or where I'm going with this. Like, It'll hold weight for the Penguins, but it probably won't matter at all for the
2: Islanders. Islanders. Yeah, I'm with you. I can't take anything away from what happened two years ago and apply that to today. Different circumstances.
3: Yeah, so like I, I, think the Penguins will be a little miffed, and still, just like you swept us last time, we're, that's not going to happen again. And I, I really, I really can't see that happening. Um But yeah, not for the Islanders. They're not going to be like we swept them two years ago. We'll be fine now. N- please do not think that. If you're no. thinking that, you need an attitude change right now.
2: Today, <laughs> right <laughs> Sweet. now. Sweet. Exactly. So uh, I'm with you on that. I don't think it holds any weight. Like I know. You know these teams have played a lot in the playoffs in the last, what eight years? This will be the third time in eight years, so that's, yeah. you know, all things considered, that that's a good amount. So uh, I don't think you could hold, bring anything over with that. Uh, I I guess the last thing for me is just expectations for the series. Do you think it's going to be a long one? Do you think it's going to be over quick? And who's coming out on top? I guess.
3: I, I wish I knew who will come out on top. Uh, which leads me to what my prediction might be. I, it's going to be, well, might be, will be. It, it's going to be a long series. I, I can't see this ending in four games. And if it does, it's because the Islanders absolutely crapped the bed and couldn't play not only a perfect game, but a perfect period. Um, but I, I can see this one going six, and, and the Islanders can, can totally win this series in six games. Uh, will, will they? Uh, I'm not, not certain. But I, I, if they do, it's going to go six games.
2: I like that prediction. I might go one more, though. I might go Islanders in seven, just give them that extra cushion. I think it, as you said, I would be stunned if this goes anything less than six. And if it does, I don't think it's going to be pretty for the Islanders. Because as you said, I think that means that their woes from the last month and a half carry over into the playoffs and they're not scoring and they're not showing up for the second period. And it's the mental mistakes that take them out of it. But if they flip that switch, like we've seen them do before in the playoffs, then that's a different ball game.
3: Yeah. I, I really hope it is because that's the narrative. And by hope I, I it is, I'm, I'm talking about the, the uh, my God, I can't talk The switch being flicked. Um, Cause Barry's talked about that for a while, right? Like that's the narrative that is being pushed on us for the last little, like what week and a half. Like the guys are just mentally tired. They're kind of checked out. They're just thinking of the playoffs, right? Like, it's kind of like you're sitting at work and you see your calendar and you, you know you're going to be going on vacation in a week's time and you're just like, I just want 3 o'clock to roll around so I can get the F out of here and have one more day off the check, right? Just to be able to check another day off. It feels like that's where they are according to Barry Trotz. So if that's the case, well, they've got their ticket now, they've got their suitcase packed, and when they get to the PP&G Paints Arena for game one, whenever the hell that's going to be, it should be, all right, I'm in vacation mode. And for them, it'll be the obvious. I'm in work mode, and then boom, here we go.
2: Assuming what Barry Trotz is selling us is true. Exactly. That's the that's the thing. That's what we're being sold on. If that actually happens, I mean, do we give Barry Trotz the benefit of the doubt based on the last two years? I think I think you kind of have to.
3: Yeah, you have to. But like. Usually when, when coaches talk like that and GMs talk like that, like, oh, they just need to try harder. Or they, you know, they, they, they just need to flick that switch. It really it tells me that they have no idea what's going on. And I don't think that's the case with Barry Trotz. He's probably just masking other issues. Like, he, they probably are just tired. And he's just like, well, I'll, I'll, I'll give everyone a line that they can all chew and digest. Because when it comes to, like, they're not trying hard enough. It's like, well, then you don't know the answer either. You don't know why your team isn't playing well. And that's a problem.
2: Right, which I don't, I don't buy from a, a multi-time Jack Adams winning coach.
3: Right, so that that's why I'm saying he's not feeding us a line, but that essentially that's the what, what he's doing, uh, for lack of better term, he's telling us what we want to hear. Uh, I'm sure he knows what the actual issues are, and, and those will be addressed come playoff time.
2: Do you think Varley's good to go for Game One, whenever that is?
3: According to Barry Trotz, yes.
2: Okay, so that is definitely positive news. I know he didn't really skate today, but. Um, It's, I, I think so too. And if not, I was talking to somebody today at work and he's a big Islanders fan. And we kind of said like, look, obviously we want Varlamov because he's been phenomenal. But if worst case scenario, he's not good to go. They have a 920 goalie sitting on the bench.
3: KHL playoff stats, I think it's a 940 and a 137 (laughs) goals against average. It might be
2: 134. That's just ridiculous. I'm sorry. All I could do is laugh because that's just incredible.
3: Yeah. Obviously, KHL does not translate to NHL directly. We saw that in his first start, but like the point you're making is a salient one. Like, we're not just throwing some random guy who brought his pads to the rink between the pipes we're putting in a guy who's 25 year old 918 212 goals against average this year uh he can he can stop pucks like he's got better stats than both of the um, of the Pittsburgh Penguins goalies in Tristan Yari and Casey DeSmith
2: right exactly so that that's definitely that falls in the Islanders favor i think last thing for me is expectations for the lines because the lineups changed a bunch with giving guys rest so what are your thoughts on what you know we should be expecting to see in game 1 here
3: the decor isn't anything we need to talk about because it's not moving at all. Uh, we know who the, the six are and they will remain in position. Uh, when it comes to the forwards, I have to imagine what he rolled out the other day. Minus like Matt Martin is what is going to be what they actually roll out. Right.
2: Yeah. So Leo up top with Barzal and Everly, Bo Nelson and, uh, bu- 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 Bailey, Bailey. Thank you. Um, and then we we talked about it already, but Palmieri on the left side with Walstrom on the other side with Paschao, and then Martin Sezikis-Clutterbuck.
3: Probably. And if Martin isn't ready, Travis Zajac goes there.
2: Yeah, Travis Zajac. Or maybe Zajac goes in for Leo Komarov. That's the only other place I could see a switch.
3: Yeah, that just hasn't really worked. It really hasn't worked. And and I think for a game one away, they're going to want their pest out on the ice. With oh, some I, feathers, figuratively I, speaking.
2: I agree. I was just saying if there were to be one switch, I think that's the only one that I could like Bellows isn't going into lineup. Michael Dalcole, I don't think, is going into lineup. Ross Johnston. Ah, uh, actually maybe I shouldn't say that. If Martin's not good enough to go, it wouldn't stun me if Johnston's on that line four either.
3: That's true. Yeah, you're right. Uh you know, it's not like the Pittsburgh Penguins have a bunch of tough guys out there. Like their injury list is pretty high. Mike Matheson is on is on that list. Okay. So. There you go. If he's not out there, we don't really have much to worry about in in terms of shenanigans, that is. Yeah, exactly.
2: So We'll see, but obviously playoffs are super exciting and we'll have playoff coverage for you on Patreon, so you're going to (laughs) want to check that out. More plugs on that later. But
3: Yeah, patreon.com slash eyesonisles, and it'll be whenever, right? We still have no idea when they're actually going to drop the puck.
2: We don't know, but we are excited about it because it's playoff hockey, and three years in a row of playoff hockey, not bad, man.
3: That's true, right? It's It hasn't been a thing for, what, 17, 16 years?
2: Yeah, not bad.
3: So on to the next thing then, right?
2: Yeah, let's get into it. Down on the farm, Mitch, what do you got for us?
3: Well, there's a few things. Uh, one of them, I think we talked about it last week in the social segment where the Sound Tigers are no longer going to be called the Sound Tigers. It's R. now R. official.
2: RIP Sound Tigers.
3: Uh, now they're called the Bridgeport Islanders. Uh, and I know a lot of people are... are, are Mad about it, and I don't understand why
2: the logo stinks. I don't care about like the Bridgeport Islanders. I don't care about that. I don't like the logo. I think the logo's trash.
3: I don't really care. I really, I really don't. I don't. What does it matter? Does it really matter?
2: No, no, no. no. I'm not going to think twice about that.
3: So like that's it. All, all this is supposed to do is create one full system. Mm-hmm. And like if you didn't see this coming. Uh, or, or if you're thinking like, there's why why would they do something like this? Just look at Lou's resume. He's done this everywhere he's gone. Aside from the Toronto Maple Leafs, where like the institution is young is older than than, uh, than Lou, so like he can't actually go and ruffle those feathers. Whereas no. the two other teams, like ours and the Devils, he was able to do that because he was older than they were.
2: That's true. That's a great point.
3: So, like, he's not going to go and change the Toronto Marlies all of a sudden. It's just not going to no, happen. No,
2: yeah, no. That, that that holds a little bit more weight than the the Sound Tigers that, what, they were created in one 2001, yeah. Yeah, I'm older than the Sound Tigers.
3: <laughs> uh, it was a cool-ish name. What is yeah. a Sound Tiger, though? I don't really know. Mm. Uh, and, yes, Bridgeport is not on an island, but that they're not called the Islanders because of their geography. They're called the Islanders because of who owns them.
2: Yeah, exactly.
3: So, um, so yeah, they changed their name. Good job by them. Uh, we had a few call ups to the NHL level. Yes. Uh, so, like they they brought up eight players. They're not actually call ups per se, uh, but they're just bringing them into the NHL roster because there's no more taxi squad. Uh, so let's get those names uh, listed off here. I don't have my come on now, my tweet deck open where I could just rattle these off. Um, but here we go. So we have Grant Hutton, Anatoly Golyshev, Simon Holmstrom, Samuel Bolzuk, Cole Bardrow, Ken Appleby, Goalie, Otto Koivula, Dimitro Timishov, and Bodie Wild are all up. Uh, also include anyone who was already on the taxi squad, so that's Hickey, Bellows, and Zarnik to that list that are that now list. one in terms of an NHL roster.
2: And there is no salary cap in the playoffs, so theoretically... Those one of those guys could play if need be.
3: Yeah, that's all this is. It's injury cover, and it's also like practice squad cover, right? Like so yeah, you're yeah. bringing guys in, and you, you you can run two full practices. It also gives some of these guys like another mini camp. Like there's no, Simon Holmes from is never getting into this roster in no, any stretch no, no, no. imaginable. But they're grooming this kid's toward towards something, and it's giving him some somewhere to go. Same thing with Goldishev.
2: Yeah, and it's almost like when Ilya Sorokin was with them in the playoffs last year.
3: Yeah, I- exactly. So like th- this is all they're doing. They're just grooming the next group, um, and-, and all of these are part of the next group. Bardrow is very much a depth move. That's someone who could potentially play if injuries mount up, and and he's done very well this year, had a great season at the AHL level.
2: Yeah, I kind of like Bardrow and his limited opportunities. Was that last year? Yeah, it was yeah. last year.
3: Had that shootout goal? No. Yeah, penalty shot.
2: Penalty shot. I think I was at that game.
3: Oh, against the Senators.
2: Yes, yes, I was. I was there at that game. That was fun. That was interesting what a times. moment to live. Oh
3: yeah. Um. Okay. So for the uh, down on the farm, there's not a whole lot of updates because well, the season is over for mm-hmm. prospects. That is. So the AHL's done. Um, the Liga season is over now. Same thing with the WHL season. So uh, Reese Newkirk is no longer playing. Rushland-Istakov season came to an end. They did not win a championship. They won silver, though, so, like, they got something out of it. Um, But what I wanted to do here is talk about the three most improved prospects and the three least improved or, like, the ones that I'm worried about. Uh, And so we have for improved, I I wrote about this on the site, so I'm going to rehash what I wrote. Uh, Alex Jeffries is is number one uh, because he rose from nothing to, like, he's in the top – 12 I believe in terms of my rankings this is all based off of my own rankings here right um had a great season at the NCAA level as a freshman injury kind of cut it short but like I'll, there's some good stuff coming from the 2024th round draft pick love that after that Samuel Bodzik I don't think that that's gonna surprise anyone and if so like get out of the rock you're living under
2: <laughs> yes welcome to 2021
3: yeah he's, he's absolutely jumping running whatever you will uh the depth chart He's going to make a play for the NHL next year. I don't know if he gets it. I won't won't say he will because I'm not sure. They have enough depth on the blue line already. Uh, But he could very much work his way into position at the NHL level next year. Is he a righty? He's a lefty.
2: Okay, I like that because uh, Andy Green, I I don't think, is coming back next year.
3: Exactly. Uh, The righties, in terms of depth chart, you got Grant Hutton and Bodie Wild. Okay. So and and they're both with the team, right? So, uh, then after Balduk is Oliver Wallstrom, which is going to sound kind of ridiculous that he's one of the most improved. Uh, but like, yeah, he, he is, was. right? Like his AHL season last year was not that good. No, and now he's in the NHL level, scoring 12 goals in 33 games. Is it? Um, it's really turned things around in terms of. And I know, I know, I know that he was supposed to go down at the AHL level and, and work on things. Outside of production, uh, but it, it, it 100% paid off and he's putting up the production this year.
2: Yeah, it's working. So we, we love that.
3: So, in terms of the ones that I'm worried about now, I have Cole Kowski. Okay. Didn't have a great AHL year this year. To be fair to him, like, and to anyone playing at the AHL level, it was not a, a great year at all. Like, they played 24 games.
2: Yeah, that's tough
3: against two different teams right like what the hell is that
2: yeah that's a weird season
3: it's such a weird short season um, so plus like it was delayed and all that other stuff so like right. really lost a year but still Koski didn't really perform as well as I had hoped he would or, or really performed well at all comparatively so his stock is dropping in, in terms of the depth chart as is Otto mm-hmm. Uh but like I was telling someone that, that, that I speak with in Finland because he was asking me about uh, about Koivula. I don't think most of it is his fault this year. I really don't. Oh,
2: okay. Me. Uh, so
3: he was up and down, right? And by up and down, like he was on the taxi squad, didn't, didn't play at all, and then was sent back down and sent back up. And that same thing last year, right? Uh, he's looking, he just wants to play. And they're kind of yanking him around all over the place. And then finally, when he gets back down to the AHL level, and he can actually play. He has like two games to resettle after going to Finland, coming back to North America, up and down, up and down, up and down. And then he finally plays. He gets scratched for two games because Brent Thompson doesn't like his play.
2: Freaking and Brent Thompson. Up.
3: So like he doesn't play well for a little bit. He starts to pick it up at the end of the year, though. So the thing with Koivla, I, I think it was it was a mental thing for him. It just kind of feeling down on himself like he's been in the organization for a while now and he's not really seeing the progress he thinks and I do as well that he deserves right like I think he should be at the NHL level right now working like a guy like Oliver Wallstrom right like saying okay we're gonna give you cushy minutes we're gonna manage your time but we're gonna build you up he's not getting that because he's a little bit lower in terms of skill uh, as opposed to someone like Oliver Wallstrom he, I, and on any other team, he'd be playing at the NHL level, I think.
2: Yeah, I think, so. like, to me, there is no reason why Leo Komrov or Michael Dow should be playing over Otto Koivola.
3: The thing is, is that Otto Koivola, while he is a big body, he's 6'4", 190, uh, don't quote me on the weight, he doesn't use that body necessarily. Like, he's not what you would call a power forward because of his physicality.
2: But I feel like that you could teach that a little bit more.
3: You can, and and I think that's that's just it is that they don't want to take the time to teach him that they being like let's say the Barry Trotz at the NHL level, they're saying go to the AHL and learn that, which is essentially what Oliver Wallstrom did last year, right? True. So yeah, they trained. they want him to learn that at the AHL level, and he's just kind of like cool, but like come on, guys, look at what I do at the at the AHL level when my game is on. Maybe try to use me in a different role than just a power forward because I'm six four.
2: That's a fair point. Okay.
3: Like, the kid's got hands. The kid can play. The kid is creative. But they're like, no, no, you're a power four because you're 6'4". And he's like, I'm more than that.
2: I could do both. Yeah. So, Get you a man who so could do both.
3: Yeah. And then after that, the last one is Simon Holmstrom. Okay. He's up with the team. So the Islanders seem to think that there's more there. But... With, from all the games that I've watched of the Bridgeport Sound Tigers this year, he did not stand out very much. He got the minutes on the top pair, he got power play, he got penalty kill, but like, the play just isn't there. And maybe his IQ is so far ahead of everyone else that he's already two steps ahead, but no one else can catch up to him. Uh, but at a certain point, then you got to dumb it down if that's the case. Because if you're going to be playing with players who can't play to your level, play down to theirs... Uh, and then let your skill do the talking. I didn't see any of that. And I'm not suggesting that he's like 15 steps ahead of everyone else no. either. I don't think that's the case. I just think this is a, the Islanders saw something with this kid and they overvalued it, I think.
2: Oh, 100%. I think this is an overvalue pick from day one. And that's what I was going to say. Does it scare you at all that like this is where he's at after two years now? No. No? Okay.
3: I'm down on him because I was kind of hoping that he would have figured something out this year, but again, 24 games, not that great, and moving all over the place didn't help him either. Uh, But he is only 19. Like, he turns 20 later this month.
2: Okay. I don't know. I'm not, like, saying I'm not labeling him the B-word or anything like that. I was just with him and probably more so, but with Kiefer Bellows, like, I just feel like they've been here forever and they still can't but more so, I mean, Bellas has been here for five years.
3: Yeah, that that's different. But you're, I, I, I get what you're saying. I 100% get what you're saying. Um, but if we look, like, guys taken after him, you got Connor McMichael, Philip Tomasino, Nolan Foote has six NHL games with Tampa. No, not Tampa, because he was traded, right, uh, with New Jersey. Yeah. Uh, has two points to his name. Like, he's getting NHL time, where Simon Holmstrom is not. Like, has, you still have Nils Hoglander, right? But Ford from Sweden with Vancouver, twenty six points in fifty one games this year. He was very much on the board when when uh, Neil uh, out. No, sorry, sorry, and Holmstrom was
2: taken. Right, that felt like a reach then. It's starting to now even more so.
3: Right, and like Homesun was was projected to be a little bit later. Niels Hoglander was a fortieth overall pick. Like that, that's kind of where you would see it, Holmstrom. So you could have made the play for for Hoglander. I just don't think that they. They, they saw something at Holmstrom that they really liked, and so far it's not working.
2: And then trade back.
3: Right? Yeah, just yeah, take the picks. And To be fair, like maybe someone, no one wanted the picks. Like No one wanted to move up, maybe. I have a hard time believing that because everyone will move up for a price.
2: Of course, which, I don't know. That's a whole other conversation. We're getting a little off track, but that's where my mind met, went instantly was back to draft day in 2019, and everyone was sitting there going, Oh, Who is
3: this? 100%, right? And we have to talk about these things because when you see a player, I'm not going to say regress, but like not progress, and you're going, it's been two years. We took him 24th overall. Sorry, 23rd overall. Uh, what do we, what, uh, something's wrong here? Maybe. Um, so, like, yeah, I would be a little worried right now. And that's why I, brought, I put him
2: here. Brought him up. Yeah, makes sense. So that's so, all
3: I've got for down on the farm.
2: Let's quiz it up.
3: As we do every week, Matt, I've got a mystery New York Islander for you. No funny games this time like I did last week. Uh, So five questions to guess this mystery Islander. Are you ready? Let's do it. Question number one. I was a 58th overall pick uh, and played. Sorry, no, that's for the next. I was a 58th overall pick. Next. I played for three different NHL teams I didn't play for the one who drafted me.
2: Three different teams didn't play for the one that drafted. Me. Next.
3: I averaged 2.6 penalty minutes per game with the Islanders. Okay, next. In my final year in the NHL, I averaged 2.1, sorry, 2.8 penalty minutes with 149 with the Islanders, and I had three points that year. In one game that year, I picked up 23 penalty minutes against the Columbus Blue Jackets.
2: Trevor Gillies?
3: No, but good guess. Okay. Final one, I still hold a position in the organization as an assistant in Bridgeport.
2: Oh. Uh, you're gonna tell me and I'm gonna go, oh, but I can't it's not coming to me. It's Matt Cartner. Oh, I should've known knew that. Matt Cartner.
3: Matt Carkner is the one. He's still there um as an assistant coach with the Sound Tigers. I sorry, the Bridgeport Islanders. That's gonna take me a little while. Yep. Um I would imagine he all stays on with the whole coaching staff. I know people have asked me. No, I don't expect a coaching staff or a coaching change in Bridgeport.
2: No, yeah, I, I would be very surprised they haven't, they didn't move him a ton. Yeah, 2012-13 played 22 games for the Islanders and then 53 in 2013-14.
3: And he had 149 penalty minutes that year.
2: Matt Cartner. There you go. That's the one. To, show, to social?
3: I can't even say social. I got to drink some water here.
2: <laughs> Let's get into the social media segment. What's going around on IELTS Twitter? Mitch, what do you got for us this week?
3: I would like for you to start because I only have one, but it's a, little, it's a long one.
2: Okay, so my first one is from Offside Tavern, and it says, New York Islanders present. The takeover, the break's over. So this really went... Back to the day before this was on what this tweet was from, I guess, yesterday, but Brendan really kind of put the teaser out there <laughs> and Isle's Twitter was like, whoa, 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 offside. Is there something that you're not telling us? And they did a little eye emoji. Was, that was a lot of fun. That was a kind of more fun than the game, to be honest with you.
3: It was ve- yeah, it was. It was very <laughs> troubling for a while because when Brendan said that, he's like, just check social media. And I went, I have been Brendan. What are you talking about? I'm scouring everywhere. Yeah. I've only ever gone to offside once, but I, I get its importance. I, obviously, if I lived in the area, I would go more frequently. But, uh, yeah, man, I, I had to look everywhere, everywhere. And finally, when it came out, it's like, yes, let's go. It, it, it's something. It's a start. It's a start. Let's go with it.
2: Absolutely. I, I am thrilled that they're back for for this in the, in the playoffs and uh, that's really cool I'm excited for them perfect
3: okay I have seven reasons penguins suck
2: oh okay
3: and now I, I, I made this list myself I scoured the internet for uh, sources here so like maybe some of these might not be scientifically correct but I, I believe oh. so okay okay one they can't fly
2: this is true flightless bird bunch of quacks
3: two they have no offensive capabilities at all like they're completely defenseless right what a stupid bird it can't do anything to protect itself cowards apparently they steal other penguins eggs and like try to hatch them as their own so they're a bunch of dumb kidnapping flightless defenseless or uh, sorry offensiveless birds
2: yeah have you ever seen march of the penguins they're savages
3: right? What a bunch of dummies. That's why they suck. Also, they can't put one foot in front of the other. They have to waddle. (laughs) They haven't figured out walking yet. What kind of stupid bird is this?
2: Ever hear of evolution?
3: Apparently not if you're a penguin. What a dumb bird. Here's another one. Apparently if they get lost, they just sit there and wait they're like well, I don't know where I am I guess I'll just wait to see if another dumb penguin gets lost I love that logic what the hell is that well, I've been here for three weeks no one's found me yet I guess I'm really lost where's <laughs> the, Jerry this ain't good no apparently a group of penguins has two, goes by two different names if it's in the water it's called a raft so a bunch of penguins together in the water is a raft, raft okay. but on land it's a waddle it's literally called a waddle
2: yeah, they, that, that's terrible. What I hate kind of them
3: now. What kind of dumb bird is this? The worst. worst. Last one. They basically pick their butt all day long so they can stay warm.
2: That's what they do to stay warm?
3: So, apparently, penguins have a gla- an oil gland underneath their tail feathers or somewhere around their tail feathers. And they... Oh, like take the oil out of that gland and rub it all over themselves to stay warm. What kind of dumb bird is this? Can't develop self-heating. That's what they have feathers so, for.
2: Hold on. So they take that with their beak.
3: Yes. They sniff and their butt sp- all day.
2: And then they spread it on their body? Correct. Okay.
3: And it helps him stay warm. So add that to the flightless, no offense, egg stealing, can't put a foot in front of the other. Just sit and wait, dumb, stupid bird.
2: Oh, that's rich. That's rich. I love it.
3: So that's what I did for social instead of look at other people's tweets.
2: Last one from me. That was tremendous, Mitch. And it's on this playoff series. It's a quote from Matt Barzal. The quote is, it's going to be a war. Let's which go. is true
3: if there's any team that could maybe excel in a war and if we're talking about a war you know like physical it's going to be the islanders of
2: course yes
3: like the team that hits anything that walks not the dumb flightless penguins what a stupid
2: bird you're, you're picking their own butt
3: at least they look dapper
2: AF with those tuxes though this is true they do look nice so gotta give them that <laughs> So before we go, let's get some plugs in here. So wherever you're listening to the show, please make sure to subscribe, give a rating and a review. That really helps us out a lot. You can also follow along with us on Patreon, patreon.com slash eyes on aisles. You got post games. You got mailbag shows, which are going to record after this. We got video. There's a whole bunch of stuff going on over there. So you don't want to miss out. Five bucks a month gets you all that and more. You could also check us on social media, Twitter at Eyes on Isles FS. My Twitter is Matt O'Leary NY. Mitch is over at TLO Mitch. Facebook, Facebook.com slash Eyes on Isles. You could also download the fan-sided app and get our articles there. Or visit the website, Eyes for all your New York Islanders needs. Mitch, episode number 195 in the books. It was a blast. Five away from 200, buddy. Getting there. We're getting old. That'll do it for us on this episode. Thanks so much for tuning in. I'm Matt O'Leary. He's Mitch Anderson, and we'll talk to you next time.